on this week's episode of Superhero Hour Hour. Will Raising Dion be everything the gifted wasn't? Will the core four on Riverdale finally reunite? Can a bat also be a woman? Find out now. Hello, nerds! Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only show on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. I am your host for the evening. My name is Taylor. And you know what? I always say evening. I don't know when you're listening to this. You might be listening to this in mid-morning at, at a brunch, uh, in the middle of the day even. Maybe, maybe it's half past two. Who knows? <sighs> Whatever time you listen to this, I'm your host because you can't change... What's happening on this recording, no matter what time you listen to it. So, fuck you, listener. Also, it means Ryan. I, I do think, though, that the way that we record this and like our little personalities, because we change our personalities a little bit to be on the show, I think it, this is perfect for uh, skip it on the drive home. Okay, Get home, ignore your kids, ignore your wife, uh, go straight to the, the bourbon yeah. Pour a glass, mm-hmm. sit in a chair, stare at the wall, and listen to the superhero hour hour. Yeah, this is boudoir listening. I think so. Uh, yeah. Also, also, with, also, this is rank. Listen to the superhero hour, stare at the wall, and just slowly, slowly jerk off. <laughs> I think that is that is you definitely boudoir listening, I'm, but I'm, not at two p.m. That's gross. I'm gonna not condone that part of it. If you want to do that, fine. I'm not gonna yuck anyone's yum, but I'm not gonna say that you should do that. And is your problem the jerking off or the pace at which you do it? Well, I think it's mostly. I don't think you should you should drink and jerk. That's is that thing. against the law, or at least against your morals? Yeah, that's. I have very few morals. I pretty much like murder on the table, but don't drink and jerk. So don't sit on a table or stand on a table of there around you. You will get murdered on that table. Uh huh. Yeah, mur- murder on the table, murder on the Orient Express, murder in a pool. This sounds Do like a all. Shaggy song. Post murder. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't me. Oh wait, on the Orient Express. It wasn't me. So that's my Shaggy impression. And that's just making fun of Shaggy, not all of whatever race that he is, right? No, it's specifically it's Shaggy. It's specifically him. He always ends up in, unintentionally singing about Bob Zamuda. I think it's what Taylor yeah. was saying with that impression. Guys, uh, there's competing Sebastian's The Crab right now. Okay, One uh, uh, production is going for David Diggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sebastian and the other one Sebastian is from The Little Mermaid for the listeners who are fucking idiots the other is Shaggy who oh, shit. is going to be the best should we go to a bracket fuck okay listen David Diggs is a more talented person in general uh huh all around all around Shaggy has that fucking voice and it like, might be the role he was born to play it really like if you if you go listen to the seminal album masterpiece 44876 by Sting and Shaggy. God damn it. Just listening to the ways in which Shaggy will just every now and then pop in on a song that he doesn't really have much to do with and go, Sting! Like, that is, he is made for The Little Mermaid. And my guest was not even invited to that day's recording. No. And heard about it, and he's just that, he's that friend, we all have that friend, who's like, oh, what's up? Sting! He's like, Sting! that's he's starting to yell at Sting because he's not invited to that day's recording, and they edited out the rest of the tantrum. All they kept in was Sting. He's like Sting. You left me out the gun. Hey, what are you gonna do? I like how we. That's how Shaggy sounds. If Brave. You're, if you're doing anything, any production, go get David Diggs figured out later, right? Like yes, he'll, yes. He'll be able to do something. So that's that one. And then the other one is what celebrity is most likely to have crabs? Is it Shaggy? <laughs> It is Shaggy. Yeah, it, I think in in order it goes uh, Lenny Kravitz, Melissa Joan Hart, M- Melissa Joan Hart, and then Shaggy. And those two, they're not going to fucking do your stupid Little Mermaid shit. No, Lenny Kravitz is busy busting his pants open, let his dick flop out in front All of right. hundred thousand people. But like it, the crabs are not an STD. His dick is hitting the ground so often that crabs it are just, just running and jumping on. It just happens. It's yeah, like not. It's blue crabs from Maryland. It's not. It's not the little tiny crabs. It's giant not, fucking clawed crabs. You do not need a comb 
to like find that guy's crabs. No, he he's got like full sized adult crabs. Or you have to use that like giant ace comb from Spaceballs. That's what you have to do for that big old weenie. That big old weenie, and and because he's got the big old scarf that you also have to comb through. Is yeah. that it? Like you can tell a guy's penis size by the size of his scarf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever have you ever seen a dude with a small scarf? You know, he's an the, ascot, quote unquote. Yeah, fucking Fred. Dick. Like Fred, who From hangs out with Shaggy. Scooby Doo. Sting! Speaking of hanging out with Shaggy, we're talking about Raising Dion later. And before we get to that, the Super Serious Shishy Bullpen. <laughs> now we are here in the Super Serious Shishy Bullpen. This is a part of the show where we kick back and have some fun with some seggies. That's what I call segments. Uh, it's a little fun thing that I like to do because I like to spice up even the in-between parts. Even, even, though, even though by definition, it's just going to be the one segment, but you what, call it segments. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes we'll do two segments. In one segment? Yeah. You don't, you don't know that we won't? Well, call Guinness. I've, I've tried many times. It, it, it doesn't count unless they're here. All right. Well, this week, we're doing a little something called we're reading fan mails. We got we got some emails and some uh, other uh, communications, and we. So what we do? We stocked up for five years, and now we're gonna do this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a fucking fire hose. But well, here's it, the, it's called a list. Something we called reading fan mails. We couldn't we couldn't come up with a better fucking. No, title. well, okay. A one to answer your question, Ryan. Uh, I fucked up the the firewall. That's hmm. my bad. We weren't getting any of the emails. You so, you made a cr- uh, like an actual firewall, and they just got burned immediately. Yeah, so I fixed that, and now we've just been getting a deluge of emails. And uh, to answer your question, Mike, no, we couldn't think of a better one. We tried for okay. a very long no, time. I just I just wanted to ask. I'm not a I'm not a answers guy. I'm just a can I come in and critique your process? Every, guy? Everyone loves that guy. That's everyone's favorite person to have at a place. All right, it's part of the process. First one. This is from uh, Nerd Blast sixty nine. Says, Dear Buttercup Bubbles and Blossom. Don't like those names. You guys on the show have been down on the upcoming Disney Plus Marvel shows, thinking that they will be as shitty as all other Marvel shows. But does the ending of Marvel Television, and with Kevin Feige taking over the shows, does that give you any more hope? Fellas? Thank you, Nerdblast69, for that thought-provoking question at a totally reasonable tone. Hell yeah, gives me hope. I'm pumped. Like I've always been pumped, even before the cancellation of Marvel Television. Taylor, you've been down on. Like, does no. this change you? I I haven't been down on it, have I? Yes, you probably have. Yeah, the entire time you've been like, this is gonna be bullshit and terrible. Pennyworth is a comic book property. Yeah, I. <laughs> okay, it's not a comic book property. Yes, see, I said no, it was. It's, a comic it's always property. what you say second. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I, I think that I'm really into it. So next email. But like before we go, I. <laughs> uh, I think Captain America or uh, Winter Soldier and the Falcon is six episodes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. which is great, first of all. And second of all, uh, the budget on the combined six is as much as a movie. So yes. we're going to be good here, guys. Yeah. Which is so much more than a normal TV show, especially one of our dog shit TV shows. Yeah. I love what we do. Yeah. Shout, out, shout out. Thank you, Nerdblast69, for that wonderful question. That was a very reasonable question. All right. Next up Dear Winifred, Mary, and Sarah. What superheroes do you jerk off the most to? You obviously jerk off to a lot of them, but what is the most common? That's from Butter Emails 420. God damn it. Uh, I hate our listeners. I would say that, and like, there's no definition of superhero, right? It's just like somebody who does right in the world. And I would say the one for me that's the most common is common. He's he's doing so much right now. He is. He he partnered with Microsoft. He's trying to get us what? on the what? robot side when the rise of the machines comes. What what is happening? Cummins partnered with Microsoft. What is happening? And you guys, he's a spokesperson. You haven't seen this? No, uh, I don't watch advertisements, and I also don't jerk off to Common. And like I'm thinking, like Microsoft. Racist. What is that? Two words to describe my penis? Hello, what are we doing here? Oh, the correct answer. Or do they the correct answer is is Nate from uh, Legends of Tomorrow. He's got that big haircut. He's, he's got that hair. That's true. He does have it's that specifically hair. the hair. Also, we love a most improved player. Yes, and that gets our boners a jerkin. Yeah, and I like the idea of like coming on him and it just splashes off his metal physique. All right, Ooh. <laughs> I don't get to answer. Oh yeah, what, what's your answer? There's a spe- it's not one. There's a specific poster from 1990s X Men where they're all having a beach day. Oh yeah, and it's just to all of them. Oh yeah, I just like the fact that they're all hanging out. All the beach men. You you jerk off to friends. <laughs> just what, what loving relationships. All right, have. thanks, Butter Emails four twenty. 
Next up, Dear Alkaline Taylor and Friends. My older brother says I'm dumb for liking characters like Supergirl and Michonne. What comics can I have him read to prove girl heroes can be cool too? It's from Tommy Puttermoon. I, like, depending on the age, maybe he's just too far gone. Yeah. No, I, I think you could... Uh, anybody who likes comic books could read Saga and get hooked with it is and be like, oh shit, there's some badass women in this book. Yeah. I also think, uh, I, I think Paper Girls is a good example because it's, it, it's basically just Stranger Things but with girls. And totally true. Yeah. If you're reading that mm-hmm. comic book, those are girls on paper. Those are gr- there's girls on paper? Yeah. Whoa, I never even thought about that. Also, I know this sounds stupid because of who the hero is and the title of the comic, but Why the Last Man is actually filled uh-huh. with yeah. all of these heroic women. And also, Tommy, uh, tell your brother he's a fucking asshole and to yeah, just nut up. T- go listen to Ben Shapiro. Yeah. All right, next up. Dear Lucky Ned and Dusty, which non-CW characters are you most looking forward to in Crisis on Infinite Earths? Has anyone not been mentioned that you hope to see? That's from at Swear Snyder Cut. So two different questions. The first, who are we most excited to see? Yeah. And who do we want? Uh, I, I, I mean, I am what I am. I grew up when I grew up. It's Tom Welling Superman. I'm going to freak yeah. out. And when Remy Zero plays, I'm going to tear up. When he goes to fly, when it's uh, welling up, do you think you'll cry? I will cry, and then I'll punch him in the stomach and say, no flights, no tights, that's the goddamn rule. Did you guys see the picture of, it's just a newspaper, it's not anybody on set, but there's a newspaper of Michael Keaton as Batman or Bruce Wayne on the uh, newsstands? What? And we have breaking news. Somebody else has been spotted on set, guys. And I was going to say Tom Welling, but that's not, it's Tom Ellis. <gasps> Lucifer, Lucifer is in this motherfucker. Oh, shit. They're going all out for this. That's ins- oh. I think I'm really just really jazzed about this whole thing. Thank you. Even Where's- though we're going to be horribly disappointed when oh, we yeah. watch it. Oh, yeah. Next up, Dear Ferris, Sloan, and Cameron, where the fuck is Greg? That is from at Greg's Wife 69. <laughs> <laughs> wait, who the fuck is Greg? Oh, wait, the moody guy? Oh, fuck that asshole. He's- we want to pretend to not have to bow down to fun- some fucking master power of who's who's best yeah. friend. We're all just equal enemies This is here. us reclaiming our time. So we are, just so everybody knows, we are quietly recording this next to Greg's bedroom while he sleeps, hoping that he doesn't bust in and like give us points for being shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, Greg, uh, we know this, this is you using your wife's account. Fuck off, buddy. Uh, next up, Dear Canada, Tetsuo, and Kai, longtime listener to all of the Pop Filter shows, and I have to ask... If Ryan and Mike are so not racist, why do they hang out with Taylor, whose racism <laughs> guilt forces him to allegedly love movies and shows from other countries so much? At Princess Baby Butthole. That's a good question, Princess Baby Butthole. I guess that's a level of analysis I've never looked at my friends with. So, Mike, uh, you and I are people who are like, oh, we don't care where the movie's from. Uh, we will judge it accordingly. And then yep. Taylor is different than that. I guess. That's not, that is not, I'm not different about that at all. I think that movies are good. All of them? Yeah, hashtag all movies matter. Oh, no, that's worse. <laughs> You're even being worse now. We should rethink Taylor being on the show, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. All right, hey, I, I, I'm fine with this. <laughs> Dear Ernie, Lars, and Mouse, how excited? Does nobody know our name? No, no one knows our name. Sorry. How excited for Clerks 3 are you? I hope it's a lot. What is your history with Kevin Smith? That's from at Silent Bobbing for Apples, which is you know what is this? Ke- this is Kevin Smith. Yeah, that's it. You know what? Great it's- name. <laughs> uh, uh, you go to. I'm I'm not excited for Clerks Three. I've never seen a Clerks, and I don't think I've ever seen a Kevin Smith movie. So who cares? So like, uh, there's a big it's age gap between me and real you. Real big. Who cares for me? There was a time where I thought Kevin Smith's movies were like, you know, Kevin Smith, Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, of course, Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are young enough to like never have gone through that phase. Just no. always seen him as a chud who doesn't know how to make movies. Yeah, pretty much. He's just or podcasts. Oh, oh Michael, <laughs> I did. Oh, 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 Kevin Smith is like the first director, first filmmaker I cared about, knew by name. I owned all of the Evening Withs. I loved him. And then Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back came out. And I was like, oh, oh, no. And then it kept going down that way. But, one. yeah, that's a good way to put it is, uh, like, we didn't really know about directors. But we knew, like, oh, Kevin Smith has a movie. We're going to go see that. And then we watched other movies. Not excited at all, Princess Baby Butthole or whatever your name is. Probably won't see it. Yeah. Shout out to Silent Bobbing for Apples. Thank you for that wonderful question. Next up, Dear Bradley, Eric, and Bud. 
Look, I need advice from Southern California dude bros such as yourselves. I've been married to my husband for two years. I'm 23 and he's 25. His legs are covered in tattoos, but he said he'd never tattoo his arms. Last weekend, he got drunk and his friend tattooed the Sublime Sun logo on his bicep. It's a quality tat. The friend is a good tattoo artist. It was his favorite band in junior high, and he thought it was hilarious in an ironic way. When I woke up the next... This is so long. When I woke up the next day and I saw it, I exploded. It's a fucking sublime tattoo. Like, I can't take him seriously anymore. And honestly, this makes me question his judgment in general, that he would take his leg tattoo so seriously and has always said he'd never touch his arms. I told him this. He said, I'm overreacting and an asshole for making him feel bad about it. I think he's just regretting it and won't admit it. Am I the asshole? That is from at Barfoot Complex. I mean, I love how this person uh, included all of the things that we might say immediately. Like, was it a good tattoo? Like, was it well done? That's Uh all in there. And so we're just left with this haunting, horrible fact about their marriage. I think they both can be assholes because they're 23 and 25 and they're married. And she keeps saying things like, he's always said this. His brain is seven years old. He's always said nothing. You know what? That's a very good point. I'm going to say he is a seven-year-old and should not be allowed to make choices. We are going to put him under a conservatorship. But like divorce, right? Yes. Uh, Yeah, get rid of him. Yeah. She's not the asshole. She probably is. (laughs) But he's the asshole. Uh, Next up, Dear Lizzie, Miranda, and Gordo. Those are characters from the Lizzie McGuire show, if you aren't aware. If you is could, that the first one that you recognize from all of these emails? No, I've recognized all of them. If you could bring back any canceled show from your podcast history and fuck it, which donut would it be? Whoa. That's from at Fuckstick Jones. What the fuck does that mean? Okay. No, I think, I, I think I'm on Fuckstick Jones level. No, I, get any, off the show. Any podcast from our entire podcasting history. No, no, from Superhero Hour Hour. Okay, that changes my answer. Okay, I had an instant one, different one. Uh, superhero hour, hour. What the fuck have we? Covered? I think probably what I, I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, fuck powerless and call it an apple fritter. Does that uh, make you know sense? what? Yeah, actually, yeah. I'm now I'm on Ryan's side. You know what? Great question, fuckstick Jones. Thank you for that. That was very that was very enlightening. Next up. Also, that's the new T-shirt you can buy at yourpopfilter.com/slash/amazon. It's just. Uh, Alan Tudix, and it says, fuck powerless and call it an apple fritter. Uh, next up is uh, Dear Getty, Alex, and Neil. Those are members of Rush. Uh, you guys seemed very excited about Spider-Man coming back into the MCU. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Hashtag at comma chameleon. Um, no one ever asked me that. Like, why would I care? Yeah, I. You know what? I care because I think Tom Helen, Tom Tom Helen's Tom uh, Tim Allen. Tim, I think Tim Allen Spider Man. I think Tim Allen Spider Man is great, and I think that he is at his best when he has that relationship with Tony Stark and like looking up to like the the big heroes. He's he's a he's a little fish in a big pond, and I think that dynamic is great. So I think he needs to be in the MCU. I'm more of a big fish yeah. little pond guy. I want the pond to barely cover up all my gills and shit. That's just slowly suffocating the thing that makes you cool. I think so, yeah. Um, there is no more devastating question in the English language than who cares. Like, yeah. have you guys ever been, like, happy or anything? No. And somebody says, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> that, yeah, that's... There's no good way to answer because they're just going to keep saying who cares at yeah. you. It's always going to be cruel. I'd say, why do you listen to our show <laughs> if you don't care about yeah. that yeah. news? Go listen to Tim Allen in the MCU, your favorite podcast. Yeah, you know what, Comic Chameleon? Suck an egg. All right, next up, and finally, Dear Beta Soy Boy and Beta 2. I don't like how this starts just right off the bat. I'm beta too. It doesn't seem like you'd know an alpha if it came into your studio. Do you think if you better? Question mark. That is from MAGA for Life. Guys, I think we should have shut down our, our listenership. Well, I, who is putting the emails onto this list? Like, who is the filter for that? Producer Dave. Is Dave secretly a trombone? Yeah, he might be MAGA 42 or whatever the fuck that was. Jesus. Uh, you know what? Do you think you'd do better? 
I, I would love to invite, what's his name, MAGA... MAGA 4, number 4, live. MAGA for life into the studio to have a conversation, but I'm a little worried about what he might bring into the studio. What, like a, a dog? Like a loose raccoon? Like cookies. Like oatmeal, no raisin cookies. The worst kind of cookies. Fuck you, dude. The raisin ruins it. Are you serious? The oatmeal ruins it. I just want handfuls of raisins. <laughs> Oops, all raisins. <laughs> I just called California singing raisins. Oh, my God. Taylor, you're on the verge of the perfect segue. Oops, all raisins. Here we go, bud. Okay. Speaking of oops, all raisins, I've got a great show that we're going to talk about. It's Raising Dion coming up right now. Nailed it. You want to tell me what this is all about? As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't Based on a 2015 comic by Dennis Liu, Raising Dion tells the story of Nicole Reese, a widow who is having a hard enough time raising her son by herself without superpowers. Well, lo and behold, her kid does get superpowers. Mostly the ability to move stuff with his mind. That's telekinesis, Kyle. The show also stars Jason Ritter as Dion's godfather and future Cisco, and executive producer Michael B. Jordan as Dion's father. Taste buds, I ask you this. What actually did work for you in the first episode? Is it a long list or a short list? I thought it was so nice to get a kind of story that we just haven't in the history of Superhero Hour Hour is... Keeping it grounded, like comics have done this forever, but like, what if normal people start to get superheroes? What happens? Well, the, and it's kind of surprising we haven't gotten this kind of show. The characters were grounded. Those Legos weren't grounded. <laughs> no, they were oh! not. Because they floated. And that's, I think that's what you're trying to get at. The core of your point, I believe. <laughs> uh, this, sh- this felt like there are parts of it that are very grounded, and those parts work. But it feels like this show was created by two entirely separate production teams. And the, like, 33% of it that is just a very grounded story about a single mother trying to raise her son, that's great. The parts where uh, Dion is skateboarding, those feel like they were made, like, by children for children. Those were, uh, like, I would sometimes get drunk in the late 90s and the Disney Channel would be on. Yes. That's straight from that. It is straight up, yes. like, like, a brink-ass moment. And I was cheering as if I was a drunk teenager in the late 90s. <laughs> it's, those moments I, do not work for me. I loved it because, so, the, the two protagonists we have are the mom and the kid, and their scenes when they're apart. It really is like, here's the show that would be about this character normally. She's going to take a bath and drink a glass of wine or talk shit with her friends. He's going to use his powers to skateboard real cool. And that's the thing is that like uh, most seven-year-olds and their mothers don't watch a ton of shows together. And but and so when they're together, I think that it's actually okay for those two demographics to watch. And I'm yeah. not like mm-hmm. we're not here to like say only watch this if you're this. But when they separate, like we are watching a show for five-year-olds or yes. – a like lifetime uh, <laughs> wine in the bath show. Yeah, and the lifetime wine in the bath show. I am I am hooked in. I am ready. Like I will watch all of this. The the five year old skateboarding show. Please no, turn that off. Just put it in the trash. There, I, I understand what the problem with the skateboard scene is, but there's a couple of things I love. Uh, one, uh, actually, this is the thing I hate. While he was flying in the air, there was not that boo bow bow ka song. And two. He landed it perfectly and then got back on the ramp, and you could see or could not see somebody invisible grabbing onto his jacket. Like his jacket yes. was moving and putting him on the ramp. Raising Dion. Powers. Where's your budge, bud? Yeah, it's so this show has, it, it doesn't have like Marvel money, but it is still doing special effects stuff. How did these special effects work for you guys? I mean, we have been taken down a peg as far as like what we expect from a show yeah like if we could just not see more than one string yeah panelists on the show like i think we're okay mm-hmm. i was mostly okay yeah yeah i i think for the the, the the powers showed as the floating legos and then trees falling you can do all that pretty easily and so it looked fine the, the goofiest was him flying through the air on the skateboard yeah it's the flying through the air on the skateboard and the uh levitating fish we're a little bit like, okay, this is 
closer to the the CW budget that we've grown to understand. But I got to say, if we're, which is fine, if we're putting yeah. budget aside and just going with premise of the show, his mom and Dion are in the boat, and they're like, "No, baby, Dion, you can't do this. They need water, and if you have kid brain." You're not like, oh, I'll drop them. I will bring water up yes. to them, yeah. and that's pretty good, I think. That part, I was like, oh, great. This is how a six-year-old would think. He's like, I'm, okay, I'm doing a good thing. Let me just like do extra stuff. Rather than just put them back down, I'm going to make them live in little water bubbles. Yeah, it, I thought it was cool, even if it didn't look like fucking real. Yeah. Uh, shut up, Taylor. It's a show. Uh and though the way Dion reacts to all of his powers, I think is beautiful. I think it's very well handled. It is like a little kid. He's a little scared, but he's mostly just like, it's so cool. Yeah. And then the mom is horrified. So speaking She's of- She's in a horror movie. How do you guys feel about the acting of this little kid? I think everybody's okay. I think that the mom and Jason Ritter, uh, who is either using a fake nerd voice on this show- or has made his voice more manly and everything else I've ever heard him in uh-huh. is doing anything. Cause he's just, like all nasally and just like a white impression of a white person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think they're doing okay with what they've got. Uh, the kid is interesting because he is not a natural actor. No. And sometimes his line delivery, it's like he is leaning way more on cute than I'm a realistic person in this realistic situation. Yes. He, he sort of, his performance reminds me of like, if this were a children's cartoon, how like a child's cartoon of a child operates, that is his like acting ability. And I think it, for the most part, it does what it's trying to do. He, I don't like it, but it is achieving the thing that no, they're see, going like, for. I think that he's adorable, and I do miss him when he's off. I know that we're supposed to care about the mom more in her dancing career, but like yeah. I do miss it when Dion's not on screen. And I do think, like, he's a weird little kid who does not fit in before he gets powers. And so he's always kind of pretending he knows what kids think is normal. I very much understand that kid. I don't want to get into why. And I do think he captures all of that. Everything feels a little false because he's like, how would people say these things? And, I, and the, the- I think the show understands how kids work because 30 seconds after he nails that skateboard thing, the bullies of the school are like, yeah, but fuck you, kid. You're a nerd and I hate you. And yeah. they walk away. Because your mom yelled at you. Uh, how did you guys feel about his uh, best friend at school, uh, Esperanza? Was she, like, good? Yeah. Okay. I, I think she did fine. It, it, it shows that he even, like, it, like the little kid ecosystem it controls, even though he's a loser, he's like, I don't want to be friends with this chick, but I guess I will hang out the one person. Like, she is a sweetheart and understands the world, and he does not deserve her. Yeah, I love her. I, I want way more of her. Put this- her in everything. Give her superpowers. This is a little girl who is alone at a lunch table in a wheelchair. Like She's born with some sort of osteoporosis or something. And she's saying, I don't have any friends. Therefore, I have a Dion target on and I'm going to target you. And so he's like, well, I don't want to... If, if I'm not going to be a nerd, I can't hang out with the, like, the nerdiest kid in school. Because this school hates people in wheelchairs. Uh, but uh, they will, like, they're clearly going to have a connection because differences are like, unheralded at that age. And then appreciate it later. Yeah. I, 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 I also appreciate just how much she's just like, hey, this is where people will go. You be friends with them, and then maybe you'll bring them back to me? I just like, I, Scraps. Wish, I wish that Esperanza was a little less desperate for friendship and yes. a little more knowing. Like, right. dude, I know what it's like to be at the school with these people. I can help you through this, you know? But th- she, they're seven. Yeah, I'm, so you're yeah. just saying you wish they were not seven. Well, why don't they both have superpowers of like acting older than they are? <laughs> just be older. Why? Why aren't they adults with shoes on their knees? Yeah, what? So, are you guys after first episode? How are you feeling? Are you gonna Are you gonna finish the whole thing? I I actually liked how much the show motored, and I think that I might be giving it a higher grade than most because all CW shows are sort of the same. Yeah. So if you're just not like that, if you tell your story in a different it's way, then it's kind of nice. So I'd, I think I'm going to bail. I also think that uh, Michaels B. Jordanen is going to be gone soon. So that's not like a pull-in anymore. Yeah, uh, I, I think I will give it another episode to see if the inconsistencies from the first episode iron out. But if not, I think that sort of whiplash is I'm kind of done. And that's the downfall of the Netflix model is they don't have time to figure out in real time those inconsistencies. That means next season 
those inconsistencies will be ironed out, but they'll probably be here this whole 12-episode run or whatever. Well, it's possible that, like, there was way more storytelling in this one than future ones. Are you guys intrigued? Like, do you, at the end, we get all of these uh, rain ghosts. The rain ghosts are the most intriguing thing. Yes. Like, I wasn't hooked in even in the slightest until the rain ghosts showed up. And Dion's dad is one of the rain ghosts. And so, like, are you guys, like, I want to find out what happens at all. Yeah, I, I think Rain Ghosts alone, if I end up bailing on this show, I will look up, like, what's up with those Rain Ghosts? Or wait for the spinoff. Yes, Rain Ghosts. Rain Ghosts, coast to coast. Uh, did you guys think it was weird, that one scene where they go into the fancy restaurant and he just makes all the fancy mustards levitate? No, don't do it. Don't do it. You didn't think that part was weird? Don't do it. Where it, was, it was not like the regular yellow mustard. It was just like the fancier mustards, they all lifted up above the table. No. I don't remember that part. You don't remember that part. I don't remember. I thought it was awesome. I loved it. it reminded me of my favorite commercial from the 90s. Which one? Uh, where the, Wayne and Garth roll up, and they're like, excuse me, have you ever raised Poupon? <laughs> your, uh, your favorite commercial from the 90s is a commercial parody in a comedy movie? <laughs> yep. Raising Dijon is on Netflix. You can watch it all the time. Now we're going to move on to the pull list, where we're talking about every other show that we watched this week. Now we're here in the pull list. This is the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Kicking it off is The Return of Riverdale. On the season premiere of Riverdale, the show finally deals with the death of actor Luke Perry as Fred Andrews dies in an accident while characteristically being a hero. What follows is a memorial for both the character and the actor, with the entire town reflecting on the people they've loved and lost along the way and the tall legacy of Fred Andrews in all of their lives. Taste Buds, I ask you this. How did this episode work as a memorial to Luke Perry and as an episode of Riverdale? Does this, now that it's happened, does this make him, that actor, the ultimate Luke Skywalker? (sighs) Taylor, uh, you and I, this is going to be our first uh, Riverdale segment where we're not just screaming crazy shit at each other. Yeah. Because this show, this episode really was like, actually, can we just calm down for an hour to like give... Luke Perry, his due. This was more grounded than any episode of Riverdale has ever even flirted with being. So were you bored or, follow-up question, did you cry? I, here's, here's what I will say. In answer to my own question, as a memorial to Luke Perry, this was an incredible hour of television. I loved it very, very much. I, it made me feel things. I did tear up several times. As an episode of Riverdale... Okay, so as an episode of what we have come to expect from Riverdale? Or as an episode of this season of Riverdale? Like, I think if this had come out as a special episode over the summer in between seasons, nothing would be materially changed about the show. Like, you could take it out of the general continuity, other than the fact that now we have an excuse for why Fred Andrews is not showing up a whole lot. I think that I was doing okay, and then they were bringing, the the core four were bringing the body home. Uh, it was Archie and Veronica in a hearse because Reggie just can of get course. a hearse whenever he wants. Well, I think he's been driving that sometimes the past season for no reason. Okay, cool. So he's that he's they the daughter knew. from they Six were Feet Under. This. Yeah, and uh, then uh, Jug and Betty were driving the truck home, and I was doing okay. And then um, Jughead's dad is at the Welcome to Riverdale sign when you go into oh, town, fuck. and he's he stops them. And then I'm thinking. Why is he stopping them? They're not doing anything illegal. Wait, Cheryl earlier had said, I want to do something nice for you. And then I started, like, my oh, bottom lip started bubbing. Yeah, that, that was the moment where I, I, like, I, fe- I felt a little bit earlier that drive through the town with the police escort and everyone celebrating was. <sighs> and not, not manipulative. Like, no. But sometimes it just works. Yeah, that, and that fucking worked. And. We still did get a couple of tastes of Riverdalian here, though, because uh, at the at Pops, the core four bring up the fact that Archie can now just destroy any bear in his path. Like, Jughead yes. makes a joke about the fact that, like, hey, guys, don't be worried. If there's a bear, Archie's been killed three or four times by yeah. bears, and we will handle it. They're like, well, don't worry. We know what show we are. They also had a, a, a sort of strange camera moment that they had, which was very Riverdale, was... When they're doing the prayer with Shannon Doherty, they go, they they panned down, and I assume that they were trying to show everyone's clasped hands, 
but it ended up just being a pan shot across everyone's butts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and it was Riverdale. just it was just everyone right at butt level. And it was the Avengers music playing in the background. Like, yeah. what are aliens are we trying to fight? How do you think Shannon Doherty did? I thought fine. Um, I, I thought she brought a good amount of emotion to that scene, and it felt like, throughout the episode, it felt like people were really feeling it, and but she really felt like she brought it. I don't want this to sound like I'm an asshole, but uh, Shannon Doherty is not known as the best actress, but to have the person, the character that you're talking about that died actually have died that's got to be a layup as far as like yeah. getting the tears to well yeah you, you, you got to be able to bring some and i think that's what worked is it felt like she was as a lot of people did it felt like she was talking about losing luke perry rather than fred andrews can i ask what you guys, was her role here she was so uh archie gets the call that his dad was hit by a in a hit and run while he stopped to help someone on the side of the road and archie she, asked the obvious question was a bear driving. Yeah. I, no, Archie, calm down. <laughs> but uh, she was the one whose car broke down that Fred helped her and then also pushed her out of the way of the car that he got hit by. No. Um, do you think that it was that having Archie run to the person who was driving the car that killed Luke Perry and uh, trying to beat up a dad and then finding out that it was a kid, do you think this is the end of mean revenge Archie? I th- I think that was... I, I don't want to say that they used this as an excuse, but I do think that that was a good way for the writers to be like, okay, mean revenge Archie is not working well. Let's have this, like, a very a, a realistic-ish moment that, it, yes, is coincidence. It worked for me. I think I think it is the end, and I, and I applaud them if that is what they're doing. Do you guys think that, like, on uh, one of our other shows, Movie of the Year, where we anoint people into the Pot Filter Hall of Fame, do you guys think that Luke Perry has a chance? Yes. I really oh. feel like he belongs. You just, like, no, not at all? I absolutely do. Uh, he seems like a great person. Before we get to moments of the week, I just have to say, I forgot Cheryl kidnapped a corpse last season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was just a real a real shock to the system at the very beginning of this episode before they get into the memorial stuff. So Riverdale, still Riverdale. Ryan, moment of the week? My moment of the week is uh, Archie doing a full-on... <clears throat> When he uh, he just he loves beating the shit out of old white men, yeah. but when he has to think about like oh it's a teenager uh, WWFAD like that's the thing that's going to guide him from now on, and then he just stopped like I can't be this person anymore. Yeah, and it was a cheat. You are right, or you tried to say that that wasn't the case, but that is the case. And yeah, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, um, my moment of the week is uh, it was just a moment when everyone like all the kids were sitting around in a circle and just telling stories about how great Fred Andrews See, is. Is that that's just a TV and movie thing, right? Have you guys ever done that after somebody died, sat around and had like the perfect anecdote that sums them up? I sort of did. We went to a CC's Pizza, and we just had and we and we had an did anecdote. CC die? <laughs> yeah, CC died, and it was it was a real it was a real bummer. Who do you email pizza about was that? Dog shit. <laughs> uh, thank you for. All of your service, Perry. <laughs> <laughs> Riverdale is on the CW on Wednesday nights. Your next show this week is Supergirl. <laughs> on the season premiere of Supergirl, Lena sells Catco to a new owner who wants to turn the award-winning bastion of journalism, that is Catco, into what we all used to make fun of BuzzFeed for being before BuzzFeed became the award-winning bastion of journalism. The owner thinks Kara getting a Pulitzer is bad for their brand, and Lena's been practicing killing Supergirl in a VR world because she's pissed her friend dared to have a secret from her. Taste buds, I ask you this. What award could you win that would be bad for your Pop Filters brand? Uh, Probably, like, I don't know, uh, most fit person. <laughs> that or, uh, like, sports reporter of the year. Yeah. You guys would not know how to handle the fact that I won that. Uh, you're fired, I guess? What do you do? Yeah, get out of here. Because It uh, is... I get trying to change a, a newspaper, like, no, we're doing this now, even though you have no meetings with anybody and you're not handling the transition well. But to say pulsers are bad for what we're trying to do is the stupidest fucking thing any of our stupid fucking shows have ever said. And the reverse of, like, how things are going right now. Like, uh, because all, uh, like, the big-time news is, like, bought and paid for. We have to go to things like BuzzFeed or, do you guys remember the website that BuzzFeed was trying to follow? No. Docker? Teen Vogue. Do you remember Teen when like Vogue. Teen Vogue like had all the good reporters reporting on shit? This is who we have now. The most annoying thing about this episode was uh, that one they're at the Pulitzer party and it does not look as black tie as it should. 
and she's freaking out about her best friend instead of this cool Pulitzer. And the biggest thing, they're not in New York. They're still in National City. The Pulitzer Prize is only given out in one goddamn place, and that's Columbia University. Fuck you, Supergirl. What school did you go to, Mike? Columbia University. Fuck you, Supergirl. Uh, moments of the week, Mike? Uh, it has to be when Kara, right before she wins her Pulitzer, is awarded it, is like, Lena, I'm so sorry I lied to you. I am Supergirl. And Lena stops from, Lena was going to publish to the entire internet a video of Kara changing to Supergirl. And she stops it. And you're like, oh, shit. I guess that was a human moment. And later, she's telling this, Lena's made a new best friend that's a robot, and she's like, no, I'm going to hurt her more later. Luther's got a Luther. Ryan? Nope. All right, you're, that's uh, Supergirl. It is on Sunday nights on The CW. Your next show this week is Titans. On uh, this week's episode of Titans, Deathstroke has captured Jason Todd and is going to kill him. Dick goes to exchange his life for Jason's, but Deathstroke declines, sending Jason falling from the skyscraper and giving the nation... Yet another opportunity to vote for the life of Jason Todd. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Are we keeping or killing him? Kill. And did you kill vote? Him. I did vote. I, I voted kill. When I voted, it was, uh, like, it, it, the numbers percentage-wise was dead heat at 50%. And I think kill was ahead by, like, 50 votes. Out of, like, what? both had, like, 50,000 votes. Damn. What boring sad sack would vote to keep him? That's whoa, whoa, real brave of you there. Keep this fictional character alive. Kill him so he can come back cooler as Red Hood and a different actor. I mean, the only way that I could see that happening is if it's 28 to 28. And like, yeah. Taylor, you were the 29th vote for killing. Yeah. But it just seems, this seems like a way that, they've already done this whole season already. So uh-huh. like... Ooh, that's a good point. There's, <laughs> I did not think about that. It, they, they kept one episode unfilmed and they decided yeah, to figure out... They can't have... It can't have that much effect. Like it's going to be a thing where, like, no matter even if he survives, it's like, oh well, they sent Jason to the hospital, and we won't see him for a couple of months. I gotta say, how old this made me feel. Like I was not around for the original vote, but I was uh, getting into comics when people were still talking about like how terrible of a decision this was to have DC vote for the life or death of a comic book character, and now we have come full circle where it's just totally okay again. I don't know about totally okay. Is anybody mad about it? I no, nobody's talking about it. Nobody cares right. about Titans. Yeah. It's Titans. Speaking of nobody caring, Titans is on Sunday nights on the DC, DC Universe, Universe app. Your next show this week is Batwoman. This series on Batwoman. Kate Kane returns to Gotham after years of being away. Simultaneously, her cousin Bruce has also been away. He's missing for three years, which uh, so has Batman. Batman has also been away from Gotham. This whole show is all about how people are away from Gotham for a while. But there's no link at all. Meanwhile, Kane's dad will not let her into his private police force, and a new villain named Alice attacks the crows and kidnaps Kate's ex-girlfriend. Taste buds, I ask you this. With all the slow plays our shows do, how do you feel if I told you that at the end of the first episode, we learned that Alice is actually Kate's long-dead sister? I had already checked out. I was already bored. And then I was pissed that I did not see that coming, and the CW tricked me, and now I am fucking intrigued, guys. I'm intrigued. <laughs> oh. You're into it, you nerd. Now, I have a question about this. You guys have seen the first episode. Mm-hmm. How would you say it compares to The Wire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'd say it's about the police and how can they can be corrupt sometimes. So I guess sort of. I would I would say like my top list is Black Lightning, The Wire, Batwoman. Okay, so like yeah, a, yeah. a close third. Um, at this point now, we have spent hundreds of hours watching different CW shows, like searching for how they're different from each other, and it's a pilot, so that's hard. Like mm-hmm. they they haven't found that yet. Like they may, they don't even care about like how they're different yet. But I think that all falls on then the lead role. And like right. Stephen Amell and Grant Gustin, uh, I think that they're good at their jobs and they shoulder a lot of the responsibility for how their shows are different. And I was really rooting for Ruby Rose. And we had talked about how like she was okay on Orange is the New Black and she was like not great in Crisis. Like I think that this was a pretty okay episode with a lead that like I really never want to see again. Like a severe lack of charisma and bringing mm-hmm. stuff to the table. It's she looks like the show because of her, but the show in general is it feels like 
what we now make fun of what cool is in the 90s, mm. it's unironically, unabashed, like, look at my leather jacket. I'm a fucking badass. I'll fuck you up. And you're like, no, this isn't cool anymore. Show me any sort of humanity and vulnerability. Which they also have to do, but they've also sort of ruined it because she's this, like, weird Wolverine knockoff. So anytime she does that shit that I don't like, now it's, like, uh, betraying her character. You know what Uh would have been better is, uh, do you remember the Brady Bunch movie? Yes. Where it was, like, them from the 70s, now in the 90s? Uh Uh-huh. If she had come from the 90s somehow and acted like a 90s comic book character and had to deal with 2019, then this would have all made sense. That would have been super funny. Which would have changed up what the CW does. It, it seems like you guys are still not sold on Batwoman. I think everybody's super stoked that it's a female lead and she is gay. Right. And that's all we need. Yeah. But, but it's, it's not a significant improvement on Ruby Rose's part from She's not a crisis. good actress. Yeah. But I do think Alice might be a big bad worth watching. Yeah, no. If she slips into it. It's, it's, it's weird to watch a Bat villain... Uh, have a full-on gimmick because she has guys in masks. She talks in Alice in Wonderland rhymes, but she feels like, look, if you got, if you want to make your name in this town, you got to do this bullshit. I think it's dumb, but I'm gonna play the game. We're at a time right now where it's been a very long time since a uh, somebody performed really well as a Batman villain, right? Like, there's just nobody uh-huh. to talk about. And I thought Alice was great. Did you? And my again, I feel terrible. And all of the signs were there, but did you see the end coming? That uh, yeah. You did? Am I am I a stupid dum dum? It's you're kind of a stupid dum dum, and it's I I guess I was surprised that it wasn't like this season finale reveal. They did that, and I was like, what already? It's otherwise it wouldn't be interesting. There there's not things happening, so to do that reveal that she's somebody, it would have to be this because that's the only other connection we've seen so far. And not only do we know it, but like Ruby Rose also did the whole Finkel as Einhorn thing. Yes. That so, Ruby is my sister's necklace. That Ruby is Alice's knife. Uh, we are almost out of time for Batwoman, but are you guys going to continue watching even with lackluster Ruby Rose? Is the rest good enough to keep you watching? I don't know. Like, uh, Arrow's coming next week and Watchmen after that, and I don't think so. I'll pop in and out maybe. I don't have a job right now. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's a very good excuse to watch TV. Uh, moments of the week, Ryan? My moment of the week is uh, uh, her ex-lover is on a like a plank that the bad guy is like uh, hoping that it breaks soon and then she falls to her death because Batman villain's got a Batman villain. And Ruby Rose waits until she's falling so that she could save her because Batman's got a Batman. I don't, it doesn't matter what your gender is. Batman do things in a certain way. Of course. Uh, Mike? Uh, Kate Kane is yelling at her dad who does, again, own a secret police force because he's decided Batman is bad for the city and so is the normal police force and she's like you never won me on your team and his response of of course i didn't they're all gonna die have you seen who lives in this city uh that made me laugh a lot so he doesn't want her to die or be in like a dangerous job but like are they is he also a homophobe i can't tell it was so weird because she and her girlfriend got kicked out of ranger school or crow school because they were gay and i was like what year were they supposed to be in that ranger school because i don't (laughs) I don't know if this would happen like this these days. Uh, Batwoman is on the CW. Your next show this week is Walking Dead. On the season 10 premiere of The Walking Dead, a whisperer skin is found at Oceanside, putting an end to the ease everyone felt at their absence. The rest of the episode is broken up into individual storylines, showing what various main characters were doing before a Russian satellite crashes from the sky, forcing the communities to break the Whisperer borders to put out the fire before it spreads and puts everyone in danger. Eugene is weirdly scientific about babies, Lydia is treated like an outsider, Aaron is done being good, Negan is preparing for the shitstorm, and Daryl and Carol are still best friends. It's a new season, and I've watched one episode, so it's time to say, Taste Buds, I ask you this, is The Walking Dead back? No, no. It never will be back. Stop trying to make it back. I think it's back, you guys. I really do. I know that I'm a stupid, dumb dumb idiot. idiot. I'm a stupid, dumb idiot. I saw yet another article that said, despite the returns of the last four years, this season premiere of The Walking Dead set new low records for ratings. And But you know what? I it set new low records for ratings last season, but I feel like the quality was significantly better. I have the ultimate Taylor question is, did you actually enjoy it or yes. are you just trying to be Taylor? No, 
I truly, really enjoyed <laughs> this episode. I feel like the fact they're really using the walkers to good, uh, the whisperers to good effect. The the zombies feel scary again, not because they're going to like kill them. The, this episode opens with them with like the spiked shields and doing like old like formations of like Roman military formations to fight walkers, which was cool as shit. So the walkers themselves are not a danger, but every time you see one, it's there's a per- a worry of are these the whisperers? Are we fucked again? That was really effective. See, okay, so like, yeah, I, th- I guess that's the best Walking Dead conversation is because we know now after a decade, yeah, they're never gonna figure out their like uh, HBO level character development, right? But yeah. were you creeped out two or three times in this hour? Yeah, I, I was, I was creeped out several times. There were legitimate character moments that I latched onto and was like, I, I like these characters. I want them to survive. And there were also moments that, like, the Russian satellite crashing out of the sky was like. Yeah, these satellites would crash if they weren't like maintained. Like that is a a big issue, and like really, yeah. I thought they were just floating up there. I mean, ev- eventually, if you don't like, if you don't, you know, sort of push them back out, they will. Whoa. Their orbits will decay, and it, they'll they'll fall from the sky. That I mean, that is too like the human condition part of the Walking Dead. Because when that Russian satellite falls, it's just holding up a mirror to society. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one more question. Uh, yes. You said Aaron yes. decided not to be good? Yeah, he's a dude with uh, one arm who uh, all of his lovers and friends have died. Oh, uh, just tattooed? No, uh, no like he, he has one arm that was cut off, and now it's a metal arm that's pretty kick-ass. How did they fashion a metal arm? Well, they have a blacksmith. Listen, things have progressed. When Aaron decided he will be good no longer, was that a reflective look out the window uh, think about it decision or did he like declare to the world he he sort of did both it was uh they saw the skin from the the whisperers and they went out to like try and see if they were back and he like rushed in to just like fucking murder some zombies and almost got got and michonne was like you fucking idiot what are you and he was like they fucking murdered everyone that i love i'm like i've always been the nice guy that everyone's like oh aaron you're so good i'm gonna fucking kill everyone and i bought that that was a that was a real character moment so this is the license plate collector guy from like the gay guy yes okay yeah this that is aaron uh my moment of the week is uh two two daryl moments one is uh they're standing on a pier and uh, ezekiel goes you ever wonder why they call bird shit guano? And there's a pause, and Daryl just goes, no, nah, it's called bird shit. And then another moment is, <laughs> is when him and Carol are sitting uh, because she has like, become a fisherwoman, and he's like, I just don't want my best friend out there on a boat all the time. She's like, oh, we're best friends? Or do you want me to knit you a friendship bracelet? What's your favorite color? Is it blue? Green? No, it's probably black. And she just like keeps like needling him with calling her best friends. I love that. It's my favorite conversation because whoever says, uh, who declares best friendship first, the other person's always surprised and now has a runway to do whatever they want with and, you. And it goes on. They're surprised and cruel about it yeah. and will never let you know, forget I'm sorry. that you once said we're best friends. You're being vulnerable right now? Yeah. Fuck you. It goes on for like three full minutes of her just making fun of him and it was glorious. The Walking Dead is on Sunday nights on AMC. Your next show this week is Black Lightning. This season on Black Lightning, Jefferson Pierce is in the hands of the ASA with his wife as Agent Odell tightens his grip on the Pierce family. Meanwhile, Anissa secretly defies Odell and her alter ego, Blackbird, with the tactical and technical support of Gamby. Taste buds, I ask you this. What would your superhero codename be? So Gamby is taken. Yep, Gamby's taken. You can't do that. Gambit is taken. Yep. How about Yambit? I think uh, I, b- I bite sweet potatoes like they're grenades, and then I throw them at you, hoping they will explode. That's horrifying. Yeah. Who knows what that monster will do? I think uh, Gambito mm-hmm. would be mine. Yeah, oh. the great Gambito. Yeah, because because I'm like a little gambit, <laughs> like a very Mine's tiny Gumby. gambit. <laughs> uh, Gumby is good. Yeah, because Mike, your superpower is to fly around and collect honey from flowers, but you are covered in gum. Yep, I'm a bee covered in gum for good luck. If I had to have my Current superpowers, like I did not get bit by anything or I was in a radioactive explosion. I would say Smart Hut, I think would be my codename. Smart Hut. Yeah, smart hut. I, I get that. I think I, I buy that. those when I go to the, to the movie theater. Smart Huts? Yeah, Smart Huts. 
That's, uh, that's my favorite my favorite movie time snack. All right, Black Lightning is on the CW on Wednesday nights. Your next show this week is Stumptown. On this week's episode of Stumptown, Dex gets a big-time P.I., played by Donald Log, to, yes. to give her an apprenticeship, something she needs for her private eye license. Meanwhile, Michael Ely, you guys remember him? Oh, yeah. Super hot, piercing black or blue uh-huh. eyes, uh, has turned his sights to Nick Miller, who strongly thinks that Nick Miller has done all of the bad stuff that Nick Miller actually did. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Is Donald Log, am I saying that right? I, I, I always pronounce it as Donal Logue. Donal Logue. Donal Logue. Uh, is that exactly what Stumptown needs? Yes. yes. Absolutely. It's what most shows need, honestly. Mm-hmm. Even Gotham? Bring it back. Yeah. Yeah, well, he, so they, Gotham roughed, like, smoothed out his edges. We need that Grounded for Life Terriers, Donald Logue. Grounded for Life Terrier. So, Mike, in the same sentence, you're going to mention two of the two greatest shows of all time like that. I, That's how I roll, baby. I sort of think Gotham ruined his, oh, what, is the show in trouble? Go get Donald Log. Like, he used to be, like, such a good go-get person, and now yeah. it's just the guy from Gotham. He, he used to be the 911, and now he's detective. The 411. Yeah, he's information. You just go to him. Now he's the TV show 911. Yeah. Which I've heard is very good. I like the idea of... No. <laughs> Dude, no. no. Like, it's the Riverdale of real people watching TV shows. <laughs> what? I don't know what that means. Like... Riverdale for old people. Every week, there's no normal 911 calls. It's yeah. just every week, it's like, hey, I'm at the top of a Ferris wheel and a tiger is attacking me, and then they call 911. I fucking... You know what? You've sold me on this show. Moment of the week. Watch it and report back. I don't have a lot of time with Stumptown, guys. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm almost out. Yeah, I, I bounce pretty quick. My moment of the week is a question for you two. Okay. Uh, Log, who is the clear bad guy of the episode, says to Dex a bunch of times, you're going to be a good PI. But hold on. The reason that you're not is because that you care about your uh, clients. Lame. Is, like, are you guys ready to stop caring about the people that you work with? Are we just going to move in that direction? No. In real life, yes. Wait. I definitely don't care about the people I work with. What is your fake life? Uh, this stuff, like th- this, will be Dex's superpowers caring about her clients. Right. I'm saying I don't care about you two fucks. Are, would you go so far as to say that her weakness is that she cares too much? No. Yeah. No, that's some fucking capitalist managing class bullshit. That's like, oh yeah, you care too much about the people you work with. No, motherfucker, you care about the people that you work with. You're stronger together. We're gonna take motherfuckers like you down. So I'm gonna go get a corporate job and care about everybody. Join in that it. building as much as I do my wife yeah. and future children. Except, That's what you're suggesting. Except for the managers. Join a union. <laughs> destroy, the, destroy the fucking system. How about this? I will only care about one person for the rest of my life, no matter what my job is, and that person is Donal Leger. I, I would have accepted it only if you said Jesus Christ, but okay. Nah, Stumptown's on ABC. Your next show this week and final show this week is The Flash. On the season premiere of The Flash... We get introduced to Chester P. Runk, a.k.a. Yeah. Chunk. Great name. A comatose guy with black hole powers. Obviously, Team Flash has to fix this guy up and stop those black holes from swallowing Star City. So they do it to Queen's Flash Gordon. So there you go. Also, <laughs> Flash! <laughs> also, Monitor shows up and gives a very specific date for a crisis that seems like it will be pretty big. Taste Buds, I ask you this. How long do you think they've been waiting to use that song? Flash Gordon. Since probably a long time. I, I, I would think that they would wait until they got a speedster who is Canadian. Yeah. Because apparently they're all named Gordon or Gordo. Yeah. They're, it's, the, it's the Steve of Canada. Oh, you could run pretty fast there. I, I think that I could run faster if, if you wanted me to. Uh, I won't if you don't. He's the politest speedster. <laughs> the, the, the polite speed, see. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like... It's crazy that we have gotten season seven, and this is the first time they've used that song. It has to for somebody pitched it every year, and they're like, "No, Jake, we can't do it." And finally, they wore him down, or everybody else left, and he's the highest ranking person. No, Jake, it's not Chinatown. Stop it. I, it, Slap. it feels like they finally got to the point where, like, we might not get a season eight. Let's just, yeah, let's just do this now. I don't like though. I was very confused as a kid w- between those two, like. Two yeah. flashes in the same like pop culture world. What you are we can't doing? Do that. And, and I only know about one. And Queen is going to sing about the other one. Yeah. What are we doing here? And you- so should we start calling him Flash Barry? No, that's still Flash though. 
Yeah, and and but, obviously his name would be Flash Allen. Oh, Gordon is that guy's last name? I'm pretty sure, right? His first name's Flash. <laughs> I always thought it was Gordon in quotes Flash Gordon. Isn't that how Canadians <laughs> work? Gordon Flash Gordon. Yeah. All right, well, Flash is on CW, and it's a show, and it happens. That is it for this show. If you liked this show and you want to uh, help support us, you should go to yourpopfilter.com. That is a place where you can go and get all of our podcasts and information. Also, you can go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon if you want to buy things through Amazon and kick some back to us. Also, go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Uh, also, we have a YouTube channel. It's Your Pop Filter and social media Instagram and Twitter at Your Pop Filter. If you want to contact us more long form, contact at yourpopfilter.com and also 1562 DRDJPOP. That is 1562 Dr. DJ Pop. He is our robot associate. He takes all of our phone calls for us. One of his hands is a poop poop platter, and his other hand is a PP Peter. Yep, and that's how you do that. Uh, next week, we will answer these questions. Will Arrow return for its final season? That's a good question. <laughs> good question. <laughs> will Jason Todd live or die? What movie or genre will Riverdale choose to co-opt this season? Find out next week on the Superhero Hour Hour. For this week, I'm for Taylor. For Taylor, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I am Mike. For Mike, we are the Greg, who is no longer on the show. Fuck you, Greg. We are the world. Peace, bitches. Cider came out my nose. (laughs) 